Okay, we're live. Good, good. Okay, so here's what we're up to. We're up to Perek Mem Gimel Pasek Ches. Perek Mem Gimel Pasek Ches. Yaakov, from the beginning of the Perek till here, we have Yaakov realizing that they have to go back to Mitzrayim to get food again. And once again, the brothers tell him you have to send Binyamin. And once again, Yaakov is reluctant or more. So it's sort of a replay of what happened in the end of Perak Membez, which is significant, as we shall see. And tonight we're going to learn Psukim Ches through Yud. Fayeme Yehuda el Yisrael Aviv. Yehuda speaks to Yisrael his father. That's what happens in the next deep Sukkim. Chestes and Yud is Yehuda speaking to his father. In Pasuk Ches, he tells him what to do, what he thinks he should do. In Pasuk Ches, he, he responds to the problem of Yaakov's concern about safety of Binyamin. In Pasuk Yud, he adds a kind of exhortation uh, to to convince him to close the deal. Okay, so let's read this psukim inside. Shilcha. So he says to Yisrael, his father, Shilcha. So a reminder, we once we discussed this numerous times, that hey at the end of the word makes it into what's called the exhortative tense, which means he's not commanding him to send. He's saying, he's encouraging him. It's like, like we have further in Spas, like, it's like, we'll get up and go. It's not predicting that we're going to do something. It's that way we'll have the We'll have the we'll, we'll we'll energetically, and we'll be committed to going. So Shilcha is saying, set your mind, set yourself to that idea. It's an encouragement to do it. Hanar iti. So he's telling him, send the nar with me. Yaakov was afraid to send bni imochem, and Yudah comes with an idea. Send him with me. Benakuma benelecha. Now these words, these pick up on the beginning of this saga of going down to Mitzrayim for grain. That's in the beginning of Perakman Bez, Pasuk Bez, where Yaakov tells the brothers, go down to Mitzrayim. So Yudah is echoing Yaakov's very concern, and he's amplifying it by saying, Now things are really dire. Um, we're all going to die. Now, if we contrast Yehuda to Ruvain, and this is not new. This business of contrasting Yehuda to Reuven, you remember, happens in Parashat Vayeshev, where Reuven has one approach to dissuading the brothers from their nefarious plans of Vizavi Yosef, and Yehuda has a better approach. Similarly, in Parashat Miketz, Reuven attempted to um, convince his father to allow Binyamin to descend with them, and Yehuda actually achieved that. And the difference is, we look at the differences, Reuven said to Yaakov right away, Send him with me, give him to me. And Yehuda first said, give him to me, and then gave him the guarantee. And besides for the fact that Yehuda gave him a guarantee, Reuven, after he said, um, after he gave him the idea, send him with me, he also gave a, a guarantee of, of responsibility while Reuven said, kill my two sons. So in other words, Reuven is basically dismissive of the whole concern. By Reuven saying, kill my two sons, it's like he's saying, nothing is going to happen. Stop packing a China. Everything's going to be fine. 
right? So it's like saying, everything's going to be fine. that I'm willing to tell you, and therefore give him to me. So he's not taking Yaakov's concerns seriously. He's saying there's nothing to worry about. Mashiach like in Yehuda. What? Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. But you're right. But I think the point is Yehuda is being persuasive. You look at the tenor of the speech. Yehuda gives actually a persuasive speech, right? And Reuven is, is, Reuven does not, which is exactly very similar to what we have in Vayesha, where Reuven says, Al Dam, and he achieves something over there, but as we discussed, he only achieves a limited uh, accomplishment, right? Because they're still going to kill Yosef, okay, as we discussed then. While Yehuda um, convinces them, and as the Pasuk says, So likewise, Yehuda over here actually makes a persuasive speech. He, he starts by saying um, an idea that although you don't trust us as a collective, you can trust me as an individual. And, um, and, to, and to buttress this offer, he, he, he then says, I'm taking responsibility, I'm guaranteeing him, etc. Okay. Um, and of course, this is Yehuda as the leader of all of them, because even if you don't trust us collectively, you can trust me because I'm the leader and I can make decisions. So in other words, the very fact that Yehuda is speaking up over here and acting as the leader also is what it also gives uh, support to the idea that he can be trusted individually, even even more than the brothers or even perhaps in, in, in uh, contradiction to the brothers who, who might have other designs on Binyamin, right? If, ya- if Yaakov didn't trust them about Binyamin, but Yudah says, you can trust me because I'm the leader and I can make things happen that they can't or they, or they, even that they might oppose. Okay, so that's Pasuk Aleph. So Shulchanar, that's Pasuk Tess. Shulchanar Iti, send him with me. I'm going to take personal responsibility. And then the personal responsibility gets specific, the specifics of that come in Pasuk Te- Yud. Tess, I'm sorry, where he says, Anuchi Venu, I am his guarantor. And then he says three more things. Miyodi um, Tevakshenu. So he doesn't just say, I'm his guarantor. He says, you can demand them from my hand. So what does that add? The first question we have to ask is, what does that add to saying, I'm the guarantor? And then he continues, says two more things. He says, I'm going to bring it back to you. And I'm going to um, present them to you. Right. Then, those are the consequences. Okay, so let's just talk about that. So, Anoichi Ervenu, Miyadi Tevakshenu. So, Miyadi Tevakshenu is an explanation. What is my guarantee? My guarantee is that Miyadi Tevakshenu. We'll explain exactly what that means in a moment. Let's talk about the last four words in the Pasuk. So what is he offering him? He's telling him, if I don't do it, then I'll be forever in chait. What is that? Uh, how does that support? How is that an offer? What is the offer there that, that makes the guarantee robust? Okay. So I would say one way to read it is to say like this. is a way of saying there will be no excuses, no apologies. I will never be able to, won't be able to explain it away and, and say mitigating circumstances. There are no circumstances in which it wouldn't be considered my responsibility. Okay, so in other words, if I say I guarantee something, okay, I guarantee something. What if you don't do it? So I broke my guarantee, but maybe not. Maybe we could talk about it. Maybe the guarantee wasn't meant in such extenuating circumstances. By saying, he's saying there's no, there's nothing to talk about. It's final. My guarantee is absolute. 
Okay, one way to read it, I think, is a legitimate way to read it. Now, if we look at it, was the guarantee absolute? It's fascinating because actually I think it wasn't absolute. Because if you look at Pashat Vayigash, something very strange in this expression, Pashat Vayigash, at the end of Yehuda's passionate, impassioned speech in the end of Parakram Dalid, Yehuda says, we'll look at the last three Pesukim of Parakram Dalid, and something very strange happens over there. Because Yehuda concludes his, his um, speech to, to, to Yosef, Pasuklan Bez, he says, Ki avdecha arabesa na'amim avi leymar. Imloi, and there's a quote from our Pasuk, Imloi avi enu elech v'chatasi lavi kalayamim. Okay, so he's explaining why am I speaking up and offering myself instead of my brother? Because I'm this guarantor. And I accepted it upon myself. Va'ato yeshev ne'avdecha ta'asa na'evad la'adoyni va'na'ya'alamechov. Okay. But then we have this next Pasuk. Ki eich ele avi va'na'a inenu how could I return to him and face the evil that's going to my father? Why does he need that for? He said he, he took he took a personal responsibility. That's why he has to offer himself instead of Binyamin. Why does he then add? And he said that. He said the reason why I'm, I'm offering this is because I took a responsibility for him. So why does he then say, oh, and that's not an option for me because I, I, I'm not capable of bearing the sight of my father's suffering? Why does he add that for? Right, so I would say, and this was inserted this from the Ritziv, who actually quotes it from someone else, that Yehuda's guarantee was miyadi tevakshenu, and havi oisiv elecha, which means I will bring him back to you. If Yehuda stays in Mitzrayim, he failed. If Yehuda stays in Mitzrayim and sends back Binyamin, he failed because because um, <clears throat> his guarantee was. Okay, so now let's let's go back a step. We'll start with a question. What does add? Well, so we have a very simple answer. What if something happens to Yehuda? Okay, before we get back how that plugs into Vayigash, because it's actually a little bit complicated how it plugs in. I'm not sure how it does. What if something happens to Yehuda? Is he then responsible to for Binyamin? No, because he said he's only taking responsibility in as much as he's um, capable of. of of guaranteeing his safety if he's around, right? What if Yehuda gets captured? Mm-hmm. Um, furthermore, yeah, in this, let's go back to Vayigash, he can no longer guarantee Binyamin's safety. If he's going to be a slave for yeah. his brother, now now Binyamin is back with the brothers on the way back on a derech, and Yaakov is afraid he can't control what happens. So he's not living up to his guarantee by offering himself as an Evid. However, he did make a guarantee to Yaakov. So therefore, if he returns without Binyamin, and Yaakov is not necessarily going to accept that he couldn't deliver on his guarantee, he was an oinus, he won't accept it. No, no, but the truth is he was, because the alternative was, no, the, the alternative was, okay, one second, now that's where, here's where things get complicated. What if it's an oinus gomer? Is Yehuda accepting something about that? It's another no, question. Right. I know, but it might only be if I have control. It might See, one way to read it is if I have control. And therefore, in this case, he didn't have control. The only thing he could do is give himself instead of Binyamin, which is anyways not the terms of the deal. But on the other hand, yeah. he's, he, if he goes without Binyamin... So this is the better... better yes, option. why? Because since I'm the one who took responsibility for Binyamin, my father's going to, hold me, going to hold me responsible and he's going to be upset at me. And I'm going to tell him, well, listen, why the only option was me instead of Binyamin, therefore it wasn't part of the deal. It's not going to work. But it's not actually part of the Arvis, okay? So I'm going to fail either way. 
Right. Why do I choose this way? Because right. I can't face him. I can't face him being the one, being the one who was responsible not to fail. And he's not going to know necessarily that, was a, that I couldn't do anything about it. That, that's one way to look at it. You have to think about it. I still have fails, but at least I want to Right, first. exactly, exactly. And if something so, happens on the way back, I'll have failed Right, right. But, but, I can't, but I can't go back. Right. I can't, being the one who took the guarantee, I can't be facing. Exactly. So two things go together. So then what's interesting is, so if a chatasi lavi kalayomim is a way of saying, I take responsibility for everything, then it becomes very interesting that the exact, exact thing that happened maybe is actually not included. And this this uh, this eravoin is not as strong well, as it would seem, but yet Yehuda nonetheless did something. So okay, we're well, not sure what to make of it. If you if you're right that means absolutely no excuses, even even well, no, but no excuses. Even Right. And so I'm guaranteed in this case in in. No, so even in Ernest Gummer, no, but even in Ernest Gummer, I choose, right, but I choose to, I must choose to do Miyadi Tevakshenu and Avi Yosevelecho. In this case, he couldn't do that anyway, so he failed regardless. Because there's no way he could. Right, right. The terms of the deal were that no matter what, yeah. I'm going to do Miyadi Tevakshenu and Avi Yosevelecho, right? So then we have this Eravim which didn't actually work. I'm saying that's the point, that if, that if, I'm, I'm trying to bring out one thing. I mean, whatever, we have to figure out Pshat the Pasuk. But if a Katasilavi Kalayomim means a way of saying it's ironclad, then it becomes extra notable that it actually wasn't as ironclad as everyone said it was because, because he ended up, right, he ended up, he end, and he ended up saving Binyamin due to the fact that he made this pledge, but not, but although it wasn't actually um, under the, under the, the terms of the, of the guarantee. Well, it was because he did bring it back. No, 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 but it wasn't, no, I'm saying it wasn't the, the guarantee itself, but did not necessarily, wasn't in and of itself obligate him to bring him back. Didn't they, right. Or to do, well, you mean to what he actually did, he actually brought him back. Yeah, 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 yeah right, right, he actually brought You're him back, right. If he relied right. on this guarantee, it's inherently yeah. faulty because he could default if, right. if, he, if, he, if, he, if this is not his goal. Exactly, and he almost did in the case, except he just couldn't face the, 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 the problem. Okay. Well, he said that. Right. And therefore, he was willing to, and therefore... And therefore, it all worked out, and he actually fulfilled it, right. So now, now, why is it so interesting? Because this business of um, Eravins, uh, Eravins that, you know, we'll get to this soon, okay? We'll get back to the Eravins in a minute. What would have happened huh? if they wouldn't have fought that hard? Who? If Yehuda wouldn't fight so hard for Binyam, what right. would have happened? Oh, I don't know. Would Yosef keep him and then go up himself? I don't know. Uh, what, he just wants Binyam? That's one way to read it. I don't think we ever worked that out. We always have had that question. What? Was Yosef, what was Yosef's plan A, right? He couldn't take it anymore, so, he, so okay, but what was he planning on doing? Was yeah, Kobe's planning, planning on, on saving Binyamin from that evil family. Binyamin, on calling his father, on not calling Yeah, him. yeah. But then, but then again, if he had any other plan than to give him back to Yehuda, the fact that Yehuda fought... Right, changed something, happen. yes. Yeah, the fact that he did triple exactly, and they really went beyond the Eravon according to this mm-hmm. reading, perhaps right. Okay, another way to read it, um, this Kol Hayamim, and this has to do with what we were talking about before, is that we contrast it with uh, Ruvain, because Ruvain said Ashnei Bonai Thomas, and we spoke about this then. We said the following in brief. I'll just review it in brief. That after the sale of Yosef, the pasuk says Yehuda went down. He left his family. And he suffered the loss of two of his children, which 
I think Chazal connect this explicitly. But anyways, we did that. The, that these two children died because he was involved in the loss of Yosef to to his own father. So as a punishment, he lost two of his own children. So Reuven is saying, "I'm taking. I'm guaranteeing Binyamin, and if I don't return him, the same thing will happen to me, as happened to Yehuda, who was culpable for the sale of Yosef." So that's Shnei Thomas. So here Yehuda, who already had a tkufa where he left his family, right, but also I'm talking about something else, that he, le- he was Vayer Yehuda Meis Echov, and he was Benazifer from his father, he was separate from his family, for a tkufa, but now he's united with them, and now he's saying, look, if I, if I don't, if I do the same, so to speak, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I don't take, they have, if I don't take care of Binyamin, then Mechatosil Avi Kol Hayamim, as opposed to my short-lived Tkufa that I was living in Chait, um, now it's going to be permanent. So that might explain the, the Kol Hayamim. Okay, now, going, now once we're referencing that story, let's talk about Yehuda and his experience with a Ravlins. Yehuda's not very good at honoring his Eravain. Right? Because in that story, Yehuda gave an Eravain to Tamar and he didn't redeem it. Couldn't find her. Yeah. So what's this business with Yehuda offering guarantees? And another thing is, in Shmuel, Aleph, Perek Yudzayin, I think it's Perkut Zayin. We have the story of the little um, David going to visit his brothers. Right. And he, that's when he becomes king. And we discussed this at the beginning of Vayeshev, all the parallels of, of the father sending the little boy to the other ones. Um, and he's supposed to become king. Yosef is supposed to become king, but it didn't quite work out. And there the Pasuk says um, that David was told that Arubasam Tikach. Take the Aruba, whatever that means. But the Medjah connects that with the Eruvin of uh, this Pasuk, of, of the Pasuk we're learning tonight, that Yehuda said, I am the guarantee to Binyamin. So um, the guarantee to Binyamin says, David, says Yishai to David, go deliver on that guarantee and go save Shaul. Who's facing Goliath? Okay, Anachi Ervenu. This is guarantee for the safety of Binyamin. Oh. So basically, we have to figure out um, Yehuda when he when he establishes his kingdom has this Eravain that he gives to Tamar, and when David becomes king, he takes the Aruba, and when Yehuda says, "I'm the Melech and I could take care of Binyamin," he brings up this Arav. So what is this? What is this whole Arvus schmooze? It came up in other times in Yosef as well. well. We'll go back to this at some point, and maybe next year we'll get back to this Eravin, the significance of it. But I just wanted to point out that okay, we're talking about whether this Eravin taka worked, whether it didn't work, whether Yehuda was actually bound by it or delivered despite the fact that it was not included in the Eravin. And we have this this whole theme of this Eravin of Yehuda that ends up not uh, not being honored. Okay, but, but, but here he did. But, but here he did. But actually, does. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even in the Thomas story, I guess he eventually got it back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he got but to. Not, but not. But not, but not the way he planned to. Not through his own. Right. Control. Yeah, something like that. Yes. Part of the point that, part of this point is that Yehuda is learning that he can do everything, but not because he can. Perhaps. Okay. Right. Could be. And same thing. With yeah. The same right. Thing with, 
same thing with Yisha. Yisha sends his sons, and then he sends his younger sons, take the Eir Rabbein from them. What does right. that mean? That you should be the guarantor? No, I'm assuming they're the guarantors, but you're going to, like, take, you know, take... Kailet, Kailet. Kailet, yeah, whatever, yeah. collect, you know, mm-hmm. make the records. Or, right. You know, like, right, be the, the Okay, servant. I don't know, I hear Okay, we'll see, we'll see. We shall see. Okay, we'll see. So, now going back to this passage, this is something we spoke about numerous times, that at the end of Vayetze, um, Yaakov said something very similar, and that's about the sheep of Lavan. He said, And, um, why are you running after me? I'm so honest. Everything... It was took such good care of your sheep. And um, just to review, he says, All these things came back to bite, came back to haunt Yaakov. Is, um, this pasuk about Binyamin, the risk of Binyamin being lost. And um, there Yaakov said, And Yosef said, And Yosef said, and um, there in that Pasuk said, also Yaakov said, um, And here he says, Which is from Rachel. Rachel's child Yosef is di- dead, and maybe the other one is also going to die. Okay. It's also called the sheep. Right, Rachel, yes. Um, so, okay. Now, furthermore, what's going to happen dramatically at the end of Pasuk, is a redoing of the Trufim story. Because what it means is like this. There, to remind you, there what happens in Pasha Vayetze is that Rachel stole the Trufim. And she did have the Trufim. And Lavan comes running after Yaakov to collect his Trufim. And Yaakov says, I'm so honest. Why do you think I have your Trufim? I never did anything. I never did anything wrong. Now, but really, he did have the Trufim. Or rather, the Trufim were in his, the possession of his household. Because Rachel did steal the Trophim, but Yaakov didn't even dream that he stole the Trophim. So now that's why Yaakov, in all his remonstrations of him being so perfectly innocent, actually is setting the stage for disaster because everything he says is, it has something fundamentally untrue about it because he's, his whole point is, no, I am, I'm perfect. And he, but he's actually he's not perfect. He actually, Lovin does have a basis for suspecting something. He's right. Lovin is right. He has the Trophim. So the yeah, problem is Rachel. Is that we said the problem is Rachel? Right, so Yaakov Mitzidoi can't even fathom such a thing. Um, while Rachel does believe in this, and, um, and, and, and then the Rachel aspect, let's call it, puts the lie to everything that Yaakov is saying. In other words, Yaakov is representing him himself in a certain way, which truly that's the way he was, but that's not the way Rachel was, clearly, because she took the trophy. Okay, whatever that all means. But therefore, everything Yaakov says is really, um, in a certain sense, not true yet, or has something that has to be worked out. And therefore, there's the whole Yosef story and, and, and lots more. So, lots of problems. All the risks that he takes are in Rachel's children. All the? The risks that he takes are in Rachel's children. Yosef is lost, and yeah. Benjamin is at risk. Yeah. Yeah, well, he also references Shimon, to be fair. Yes, but Shimon wasn't... In, in the last parak, so... But yeah, the risks, I mean, yeah. So the real problems are with Rachel's children. And um, so we have over here, all oh, right, so back to the Gavia. So then ya- Yaakov pronounced the one who has the trough must die. And Rachel died. 
And then at the end of the parasha, we find this also a magical tool in the um, possession of Binyamin. And the Medrash says, the brother said to him, well, you're the Ganev, the son of a Ganev. Your mother stole, you're also a Ganev. Um, and he's supposed to die. They offered, whoever you find it, they offered the same thing. They offered that whoever you find it with will die. And Yosef says, no, he's going to be my Eved. And then we get, try to get it downgraded from someone else being his Eved instead of him. But this is a redoing of the Genevis HaGavir, which, uh, the Genevis HaTrofim, which ended in death and really should have ended it only in Avdus, as we discussed and so on. And Yosef himself, who, is, are they killing him or is he only an Eved? They think that he has to die originally. And just like Yaakov thought that Rachel has to die, but really Yosef didn't have to die. He just had to be an Eved. And learn how to be a king. Well, that's we don't have to go. We don't have to review that. We, we'll probably decided, get back to that. We decided to sell him. Right, and downgrade maybe it from death to maybe to Evan. Uh, what, what to do that? Don't kill, but make him sell him to slavery. Okay, very interesting. Right. So the point I want to say. Right. So the point I want to say over here was that this pasuk by Yehuda redoing what Yaakov did. He's basically he, he's 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 going to fix. He's the ruler now. He's making himself the ruler of the family. Now he's sort of taking over Yaakov's position and he's making something happen even against Yaakov's will because he's becoming, he's the new ruler. From now on, Yaakov is going to be less active. I mean, you could say it started earlier, certainly. But Yehuda here is, is redoing and by redoing Yaakov's action and making it do unright, he's taking over instead of Yaakov. So he's repeating the same thing Yaakov said, which ended up a disaster and he's going to turn it into something which this time... Is going to work and it's going to lead to the brother to the family being back together okay fine and it's interesting because we shall see as well that besides for allusions to Yaakov and the house of Lavan and his and, and, and Rachel there's also allusions to Yaakov with Esav so as we'll see we'll soon see and it's as if like um, Yehuda's like redoing or reworking all of Yaakov's issues, all of Yaakov's problems. Okay, we'll see that in the next Pasuk. So, the next Pasuk, Yehuda brings up another issue. That we could have been back twice, had we not delayed. It was very strange. What does this have to do with anything? Why is that? Why is this an interesting argument? Why is this compelling? So, I think that you have to understand the following. Yaakov didn't say, the story doesn't go that Yaakov said, don't go. And you just said, we'll go, no. Yaakov said, no. Um, we have a problem. And Reuben said, okay, I'll take responsibility. And Yaakov said, no. And then they needed food again. And Yaakov said, okay, we have to go. And then they said, okay, but the Biyom has to come with us. And then Yaakov said, no, not going to work. So there's a lot of schlepping going on. There's a lot of hismamos. So Yehuda's telling Yaakov like this. He's telling him all this delaying is not without a cost. Because there's the opportunity cost of, um, of what we could have achieved even more had we not delayed. So in other words... You, Yaakov till now, it's not a yes or no, it hasn't been a binary question, Bukhah. So Yehuda can't just argue that we should go. Because then Yaakov will say, yeah, I don't know, that's happened already twice. Taka twice. Zeb ha'moyim. Taka happened twice that there was a conversation. Yeah, go, no, go. What about him? So Yehuda's saying we can't keep on doing this endlessly, even if we'll eventually capitulate because all this delaying itself is costing us. And by saying this, Yehuda's clinching the deal and saying um, if we, we have to do this then we have to do it with alacrity and indeed the next passage Yaakov responds he doesn't just respond by saying okay what can I do he actually he takes he takes charge and he says you know let's let's do this right he stops being Miss Mamea but till now Yaakov was 
was really was was causing things to uh, drag out, and Yehuda has to put a stop to that and argue that the, that that itself comes with a cost. Okay. Um, now zepamayim. Where do we have this expression? Yeah, Esav said about Yaakov. It's the only other time we have this expression in Tanakh. Be'yakaveni zepamayim. Okay. And then the next pasuk, Yaakov says, "Imkin efoi." Zaysasu. And the Medrash says, Yaakov said, oh, maybe this is happening because my father was and he said, and now what does Yaakov do? He sends a mincha like he gave to Esav, except there's a big difference that here he takes ma'at, ma'at, and there it was Yeshli Rav. It was a huge mincha. Okay, it's a big, maybe a significant difference. But here we have the, uh, uh, on Esav. So with Yaakov, there's two big struggles of Yaakov and, and with Rachel and Beis Lavan. And Yaakov against Esav are here being brought up again. And, um, right, all his fights, all his struggles, all his difficulties, all his challenges, which suggests, and we have to understand this better, but suggests that, like, here, Yaakov's life is now reaching its, its conclusion when everything's going to, finally, everything's going to be resolved. And the family's going to be back together and, and all, everything's going to be shalom. That's only going to happen by working through the various, um, let's say, the negative aspects of, of Yaakov's career. So one of those are the Trophim and Rachel, and the other one is Yaakov is Yesav. So those are two things that are coming together in Yehuda's speech, who Yehuda is now the one who's taking over Yaakov, and he's going to be the one who's Yehuda Shalach Lefanov, Yehuda is going to be the leader after him. But um, in order for that to happen, we need Yehuda to redo Yaakov's challenges and now do them uh, in the right way. Okay, we'll leave it at that. That's our decent Haskhala, I think. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. I have. Uh, I see. Short, short little thing here. Okay, I see you had some notes. A couple small things. Which, uh, Very good. I think related to the 